Today, I thought we'd talk about the long-term effects of uh, prolonged use of drugs and especially um, um, drugs and medication, especially during adolescence. What gives us the right to be talking about what we're talking about? Relationships, personal development, the way people grow and develop themselves. We've both been separated before we got married to each other. Uh, and when we got married to each other, we were uh, certainly a time when we were headed the wrong way. And if we had have kept going the way we were going, we were most certainly going to end up divorcing again, which would have been horrific, I think, at the time. What when you you and I were able to agree on was we're not going to go there again. Well, my belief is that certainly if we hadn't have done the work on ourselves, because we knew at one stage our relationship was really <clears throat> headed south, that we certainly wouldn't have stayed together. The two of us have worked pretty hard on ourselves in an effort to make our relationship work. After 30 years, we are still together and still happily married. I believe we have something... A little bit different, a little bit unique to offer because we add, we're adding something to, to the mix. I think we, what we're actually doing is we are going into that spiritual side of self, the spirit of who we are, and we're able to work together with that within our relationship too. Mm. Yeah. So we can be individuals but also be a unit as well. Mm. And I think we're very spiritually connected and we're also very spiritually guided uh, and that really makes a big difference to me. It does. I've often been working with people who, who I find they get to a certain point and they just can't break through. They get really, really stuck. And it was very perplexing for a while until I asked the fatal question. Not the fatal question, I asked the question... Did you ever use marijuana or medications like that in your early in your life? And and almost invariably, the the certain type of person said yes, they did. And I've been I've looked into this quite a lot. It seems that when they are during their adolescence, say from about um, about fourteen through to say twenty twenty one twenty two, when you're being challenged by your friends, being challenged by your peers, in in dealing with with um, some what can be very, very challenging emotional, issue, emotional situations, that when the pressure's on, what people might do, what these people do is they, or used to do, I should say, is they go and have a joint or they go to the doctor and get some medication or whatever. And in doing that, they don't learn how to actually break through. They learn how to control it. They learn how to make it cease to matter for temporarily but they never actually break through to a, a higher level of functioning in their um, in their existence. I'm just wondering, if, have you noticed that with anybody? No, because I haven't worked with people like you do. Are you saying, well, you are saying that, that the use of whether it be um, prescribed drugs or illegal drugs in adolescence has made a big impact on a person's personal development later on in life in relation to themselves and the relationships they have. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I like your answer, no, you don't, because I haven't been working with people. I didn't see this for a long time, 
But like everything, once you see it, you can't unsee it. So I see it more and more in people now, and I'm, I'm noticing it more and more often. I'm seeing more and more kids doing this because, yes, it's like it's a shortcut. So they take a shortcut. Fine, and it, it probably works because it probably may, it settles them down. And, you know, and I know one person I was talking to once, they said, oh, yeah, look, um, as soon as I had a real trauma, I'd, I just know what I'd have to do. I'd, I'd go and I'd, I'd have some marijuana and it just it just felt cool, just made everything okay. and It just didn't matter like it used to matter. And, and that's how I coped. And I see them in their life looking to do the same thing, except by now they've given up the marijuana. And now they're saying, what do I do now? Because I don't have the strategy for breaking through. So you're working with these people and you're having to, is it mean? does it mean you have to work harder and that's probably a bit of a silly statement in that way but it's more difficult to 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 push those people through whatever it is that's creating a challenge or creating drama in their life because of the the use of drugs previously no they're not not pushing through because as you know i can't push them into anything but i have to offer strategies which are smaller and smaller and it takes a lot longer time to get through it because they just can't do it see some people talk about the need to sort of break through and they go away and they break through they go away and they know exactly what they need to do and they go away and do it so they're the people that that haven't relied on drug use in the past basically yes Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean they haven't touched drugs but it means they haven't grown to emotionally and intellectually rely on on the on the use of drugs and they can deal with, with the difficulties without drugs, even though during their adolescence they might have tried a few drugs. So also I'm just aware that having a close family member that's been affected by drug use in the past, that emotionally they're much more vulnerable once they're off the drugs. And they get stuck and they get to a certain point and they can't go forward. I'm very aware of that, that member too, and but you can't... They can't break through. They they don't know how to break through. They can break through because there's always there's always a way out, always a way out. But they cannot see it, and they get to a certain emotional point. Because see that before you break through, you get to the point where you really can. It seems impossible, and you can't take the next step. And the point is, it is impossible from that mindset. And I've said it before, but Einstein used to say, "You really can't." deal with an emotional issue from the same way of thinking that you had when you got into that emotional issue. You've got to change your thinking. And in my view, you've got to change your, your, your whole mindset. It's like as if you've got to become a more highly evolved person of yourself. And I find these people have difficulty evolving. Now, a lot of people took, they took drugs sort of when they're um, 14, 15, 18, 20. And some of them are 40, 50 years old now. And they're still stuck. And they still can't get through. And they get so, so frustrated because they want to, because they want to grow and develop. But they can't. And I'm I'm not finding it more difficult for me, but I'm finding that they find it really, really difficult. They find breaking through to be difficult where other people just sort of do it. They do they do break through, by the way. They do break through. But gee, they break through in fear because they have the fear that they they've often got the fear that they can never change what's going on for them. Never, because they're so so lost. 
So you're making it sound like people that have that have had those problems in the past, as in again going back to the drug use, that their chances of breaking through are minimal. I know I'm making it sound like that. What I'm willing to alert people to is, if you feel if if people are feeling like that, they've got to be willing to to uh, to do more work on themselves. If they do more work on themselves, they'll get through. But the block to them seems bigger, and they feel more frustrated and more unable to deal with it. Because as I said before, you break through. There comes a time when it seems to be impossible. Because from that mindset, it is. What people on the um, who have relied or who have had a reliance on drugs in the past and no longer do have, they often can't see the possibility of them ever breaking through and get and breaking out of it. But there is always a way, but they can't see it. So it's not minimal. They they've got to be prepared to do a bit more work on themselves. That's all. So you're able to you support those people with the strategies that you have. To break through, but it's a much it's a it's a slightly longer process, and the process that you take them through are almost smaller steps to get to where they need to get to. Yeah, yes, it's. Um, I remember when I was a psychologist working in the education system, and I was working with um, with kids who were who were disabled, not necessarily had a great handicap, but disabled, and some. But I remember. Um, one teacher showing a child how to tie the shoelaces and there was 40 steps to it. Now, normally you can tell a, show a child how to tie the shoelace in four or five steps, but no, for this child, there's 40 steps. And instead of it taking, um, so, you know, weeks, it might have taken months or even years before the child finally got it. They, they would get it, but it would just be a much more drawn-out, elongated process. I guess it's a pretty good example, isn't it, really? I mean, it, it's a whole different situation. Although sometimes I wonder, and I said I don't have the background, I haven't worked with people specifically like you have. I mean, we've, we've dealt with people in workshops too. But there must be some sort of damage that's done, and I'm just thinking, it's not, not, not emotionally, but... I guess drugs do do damage to your brain, don't they? So it's like it's, you've got to rewire a lot of things. Exactly, you've got to rewire it. I remember Anthony Robbins looking at, explaining quite well how, um, yeah, okay, I'll tell a little story. He had, he had a monkey, and the monkey, the, it's, it's his story. It's his, Anthony Robbins had a monkey. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm lost now. <laughs> Anthony Robbins is telling the story about an, about a, um, a study he saw with a monkey. And the monkey was trained, if it wanted to hit, if it wanted to get food, it had to use the its uh, little finger on its left hand. And the reason it had to get food for, through there is because that was the hand it was most unlikely to use. And while they were doing that, they kept on looking at the amount of brain activity that used to go into the monkey using the little finger on his left hand. And after about um, 18 months, they found that, because the monkey had learned how to do this by then, but by, by this stage, the monkey had rewired itself so that 
at about 60% of his brain capacity was all focused on the use of the little finger in his left hand and hitting that lever because that was a survival technique, which I thought was really fascinating Mm. because prior to that was 5%. But, and here's the interesting thing, when the monkey was let go and just fed normally and come back 18 months later, it had... It had almost gone back to what it was before, the 5%. So in other words, if you don't use it, you lose it. So when you're saying rewiring, that's, that's, that's what they were doing, yeah. And by the way, I need to, I need to say something because you, you almost put yourself down a little bit then. I, I, don't, I don't ask you to be on these podcasts because you're my wife and it's a nice thing to do. I ask you to be on these podcasts because even though I might be working on people all the time, the advice I get from you is is outstanding, and the advice yes yes, and the advice I get you is outstanding because you're very very intuitive, and I find that when I start losing touch with my intuition, I need a bit of a word from you, and all of a sudden I'm back back on on track again. You actually believe that when you do that, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> In fact, I'm asking you because at that point I don't know what I'm doing, and you do. That's the value of intuition. That's, this is what we're on about. This is what we're talking about. Although I'm working with intuition all the time, in my opinion, you're the intuitive one in this relationship. You seem to know, you seem to be more connected. And, and me as the male, the most smarter thing I can do is to, is to listen to you and act on your intuitions. And every time I've done that, without fail, it's been outstandingly successful. Do I do it all the time? No, I don't. I don't know why, but I don't. Well, I probably do know why. I'm not going to go with that right now. So, you know, you actually do know, but you know it from a different angle than what, what I do. And, of course, when I'm working on people, I'm in the fishbowl. And that they say, a fish can't see itself. I can't see the water. But I'm also very aware that when you work with people, and I've seen this in workshops, that you draw on something that's not necessarily knowing for you either. So when you talk about me being intuitive, that you draw down, I mean, it's almost like channeling from above, oh, you know, who knows where it comes from, but you channel stuff, which, what's that called then? I would think that would be about intuitive It is. Knowledge. It is channeling, and you're quite right. And that's true when I do. I do it a lot, and I'm good at it. But every so often, if I get off track, you come in and go, Bang. It does not much. You just give a little bit here and there, all of a sudden it gets me back on track again. If I don't have that, I just lose my direction. So yeah. talking about staying on track. When you get on, onto, when you're using uh, the drugs and alcohol, uh, the, drugs, the drugs and medication. Well, alcohol theoretically in a way theoretically can be is, used yeah. I think way. what they do is they're actually cutting you off from that intuition. So that to me is the part the people don't know how to use. They feel cut off from that, and that's their big tool. Once they once they learn to connect with that, then they're getting they can start moving on. So, what they're really cutting off is their soul or their spirituality. So, which is where the intuition is. So, basically, by using some sort of substance, and I mean we we should include alcohol in this too, yeah, because no. people that. Yeah that overuse alcohol, mm. it would have the same effect. And I mean, and and physically it's been shown that, that alcohol can lead to, you know, massive problems in older age anyway, especially mm. around the brain area. Mm. But 
really it's about cutting off that part of you and you said disconnect and that's what it is you're disconnected from your essence from your spirit that is you yeah yeah and that's that's what happens and it's you know i was thinking as you're talking about people who have used um illicit substances in the past or i mean we'll include prescribed drugs in too because they're toxic as well and they've decided, okay, I've had enough. They've, they've had some sort of trauma or some realisation that it's not working for them. But there are still people, I mean, there's adults that I see who just think the use, especially marijuana, because they see marijuana as being helpful to them. They're not actually connecting with themselves still. They're still using something to, I mean, it is about making you feel good, but it, there's a limit to how much feel good you can feel by using some sort of substances it's a very good point and i've worked with people like that too and they do feel good and because they feel good they don't feel so motivated to to give it up and to go forward but beneath them within them something's missing something's Mm. not quite working in their life because i think our normal state the normal state that we're supposed to be is continually more and more successful more and more going ahead, evolving, becoming more and more of who we are. I think that's our normal state. If we don't do that, it doesn't matter how so-called good we feel, we're still missing that purpose. Because that's our purpose. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, you go back to the whole thing around that failure is learning as long as you use that failure Mm. in regards to learning more about yourself Whereas people don't tend to, people who continue to use marijuana, okay, it's, it, look, you know, it's like having a drink of wine or having some alcohol, you know, not, not relying on it. It's, it's almost like, like a relaxer. But if you feel that you need to have that to make you feel good, then there is a problem. So you're not actually facing, you're avoiding any type of failure or mistakes or challenges, mm. which are what's needed to help you grow anyway, to help you. Mm. And I'm just wondering with these people that tend to continue to use all this stuff and to say how good it is and, you, you know, it's, there's nothing bad about it, whether underneath it all there's part of them that feels, oh, guilty is not the word, but feels, I mean, you say there's part of themselves missing, but I see it as being something even more. Empty? Yeah, no, it's sort of it's it's sort of like guilt that they have to use something outside of themselves to make them feel yeah. worthy or good or whatever it is that they need to feel in a positive way. Mind you, let's let's be actually clear about something. We're not actually against alcohol because we use alcohol. Mm. And um, well, I'm not totally against. You know, the use of marijuana either mm. to a certain degree. I mean, mm. if it's used properly. Yeah. Yeah, thank good. The The point is, like, or what we never do with alcohol, when we have a problem, we never sit there and say, well, oh, bugger this, I'm going to have a wine. I'm going to go and have some alcohol. I'm going to go and get drunk. We never, ever do that. Mind you. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no. I was just thinking last year when we had to do homeschooling with our granddaughter, and some days were just so hard. And after around tea time, you just look at me and say, 
would you like a glass of wine? <laughs> and it was okay. sort of like... Let's change oh. that never to not very often. No, no, I know. Yeah, but, but we don't, we yeah, certainly don't use yeah. it as a crutch. No, it's not the crutch and it's not, we don't use it to avoid the issue. We might use it to say, well, let's... Sit down and relax. We want to have a relax about this one. But we don't ever think it's a solution. No. But when you think it's a solution, that's when the difficulties are. And mm. I guess I've got clear about that as we're talking. That's what I've been talking about. That's... They're the people that are, that I'm uh, that I'm finding, it, you know, and and they and they're paying for it now. That's the problem. They're paying for it years and years later. Mm. They're paying for it. Not everyone, but these ones are. And that's the sad part, isn't it? Because yeah. it's, um, I mean, we all know going through those teenage years are pretty harrowing, and the way you get through them is the way you get through them. People use you know different way methods of of mm. working through the issues that come yeah. up around adolescence. But, yeah, it's it's very hard, but there is a way. Yeah, exactly. See, adolescence is a time of you're looking for your identity, you're looking to get away from home, you're looking to develop a new career, you're looking to, to look at friendships, and, and it's, a, it's, it's, a time, it's, it's a time which holds a lot of fear for a lot of people, and those fears have to be dealt with. And the one thing that doesn't work for me is if people go away... Get on a joint or smoke marijuana, and uh, because it feels good and it makes you feel, it just takes away the essence. I know I've worked with people who have been on medication, and I find they can go so far, but you know, until they get off the medication, they're never really going to break through. And most of them, a lot of them, do get off medication, do break through because of it. But they, mm. you know, yeah, yeah, it it does make it harder for sure. Mm. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Will do. Thank you for listening. <laughs>